Yo, welcome to the part of my fresh podcast. My name is AO. Follow part of my fresh at part of my fresh on Instagram and Twitter and follow me at AO Baker. That's A O B K E R. Having a very, very quick talk about music publishing for independent artists. So stay tuned. Be right back after this. All right, it's a part of my fresh podcast. I was having a conversation early this morning um, about music publishing and basically just trying to get something together for somebody. And uh, I'd actually bookmarked this 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 Instagram post. I saved this post quite some time ago and um, I sent it to somebody to send to somebody. But I figured like, you know, it's very good information for anybody that's listening as an independent artist. A lot of times um, for one reason or another, a lot of you guys don't really know all you need to know about music publishing. And just because you don't have a publishing deal, meaning you're not signed to a publisher, doesn't mean that it's something that you can just ignore and it doesn't uh, doesn't pertain to you. If you're releasing music, you know, if you're an independent artist that's writing your music or producing your music or producing for other people or writing for other people or whatever the case is, but that music is being released independently, you still have to take care of a few things. The, the, the money that you make from like a distro kit or a tune core or United Masters or any of these distributors, that's not the only money that you do when you release music. You have money, like hopefully you're registered with, you know, if you're in the U.S., ASCAP, BMI or CSAC, um, and you have to register as a writer you also have to register as a publisher. It's two different registrations. Um, and you'd be wise to use an administrator, a publishing admin, like a song trust. I know TuneCore has their uh, you know, their publishing admin as well. There's a few um companies that you can go with, but you know, there's a post um it's from at Mad Digital Music. So shouts to that, to that account. Um Mad Mad Digital Music, uh, I think his name is DJ. I'm looking at it right now. It says business consultant. But, um, you know, I thought it was a very interesting post. So I'm just going to go through it real quick so you guys can hear exactly what you should be paying attention to. And hopefully some of these things you actually look into. So once again, this is a quick guide to music publishing for independent music artists. This is from at Mad Digital Music on Instagram. So when you write and record an original piece of music, the copyright is split into two parts. It's the composition and the master recording. All right. The composition is the publishing and you have the master recording. So anytime you hear people talk about, um, you know, owning the rights to their masters, that's like the actual sound recording. That's what, you know, if you're a label or you, you have a label or, you know, you yourself as the independent artist is releasing the song, the actual file, the sound is the master that's the master recording so a song is only ever one composition but that composition can be recorded multiple times by different artists so once again if you write a song the lyrics are never going to change the you know the melody that the, what you wrote is never going to change but somebody can cover that song so you can release it and then somebody can hit you up ask for permission you grant permission and then they cover your song um i saw recently with the Taylor Swift thing. Um, and I'm not going to get, you know, super crazy deep into that, but basically she was signed to an independent label 
released a lot of her early work and very popular work through that independent label. Uh, Scooter Braun bought the label or his group bought that independent label, thus owning her masters. But the publishing is separate from that. So she's basically going to go and cover her own songs and re-release new master recordings to the original compositions. So there'd be more, even though it's the same artist and it might be confusing if there's not, you know, enough, um, enough of a difference. I'm sure, you know, whenever that comes out, the marketing is going to be crazy behind it anyway. But basically, she's able to do that like any other artist covering any other artist's song. Um, The song composition didn't change, but it's just a new master recording. All right. Uh, royalties are paid separately for the recording and the composition of a song. So you have the composition that's the publishing. You get performance royalties and mechanical royalties from that. And then there's the master recording. Once again, that's what you actually hear. That's digital performance royalties and master recording royalty. Okay. When you release music to digital streaming platforms through a distributor like a DistroKid or a TuneCore or on a CD or a vinyl through a record label, the distributor or the label pays you a royalty for each stream or CD or vinyl sold. That's what's known as a master recording royalty. Now, currently, the payout rates are pretty whack uh, for streaming platforms. But, you know, the, the number one most popular, I guess, would be Spotify. For one stream of, a, of your song on Spotify, you'll release uh, 0.00437 cents per play. Uh, where's Apple? Apple Music is a little bit higher, 0.00735 cents per play. And then you have Title, which would be 0.0125. And, you know, it goes through all of them. Napster, Title, Apple Music. Napster is actually the highest. Pir- um, YouTube is actually the lowest. YouTube, a play on YouTube will get you 0.00074 cents. Uh, per per stream and that's the current rate as of 2019 um, the copyright of an original composition is known as the publishing right so unless you enter a publishing deal so what I mentioned earlier if you don't have a publishing deal like with a universal um, the publishing rights to a composition belongs to the songwriter so once again if you don't have a publishing deal and you wrote that song you own that song okay However, a song can have multiple co-writers, each of whom can claim a percent uh, percentage share of the publishing rights, which is their split. So when you get into like split sheets, Uh, the share of the rights uh, is what they is what they go on to say. The share of the rights held by each co-writer is, you know, agreed on a document called a split sheet. So basically what that looks like, um, say you write a song and somebody else writes the music you own half of that song and the person that wrote the music or made the beat or whatever owns the other half. Say you have a co-writer. So you and one other person wrote the lyrics. That person has 25%. You have 25%. And if one person, that same one person made that beat, they own 50%. And it goes on how, you know, it's, it's a negotiable thing. However you want to divide that up. Um, you sit and, and have a conversation with the people you're creating with and whatever you guys agree to. The bottom line is to make sure that you put that on paper and everybody has a copy of that. That's the split sheet. Uh, to collect 
a performance royalty for a composition, you must become a member of a collection society and register your songs with them. Like I mentioned earlier, if you are in the U.S., you have BMI, you have ASCAP and you have CSAC. So uh, you register your songs with them along with the songwriter splits you outline on your split sheet that you create for each song. Uh, performance royalties are paid out when your music is streamed online, like on Spotify, Apple Music, etc., or played on radio or TV or played in any licensed public venue. Mechanical royalties are generated whenever your composition is mechanically reproduced in a physical form, like a vinyl or a CD, as a digital download, an interactive stream, a ringtone, uh, a cover song, or a film soundtrack. Mechanical royalties and the publisher's share of the, the performance royalties are collected by rights management agencies like the Harry Fox Agency, which is here in the U.S. Uh, these royalties are harder to collect for independent artists because the rights management agencies often only pay them to publishing companies and not individual artists. And to collect those royalties, the mechanical royalties, like I mentioned earlier, you have something like an admin. Song Trust is what I personally use. Um, you know, some of the bigger companies, if you have clout, you can do an admin deal with some of the bigger, you know, major publishing companies. And you can also do, um, I haven't looked too far in the tune core, but they have their admin and you can go through them. And again, there's different places that you can go for an admin deal, but that's basically for them to be able to go, um, through Harry Fox and basically across the globe, across the world, um, to collect all of your rights and they just take a, a percent with um with song trust they just take a, a flat 15 percent of whatever money they bring in and you own all of the rights you can do everything you want to do with your with your uh with your music with your song rather um so yeah definitely look into song trust if you do not register your songs and collect your performance and mechanical royalties when they're generated after two or three years, they become unretrievable and they're known as black box royalties. Black box royalties are paid out to the collection society members based on their market share, which basically means the biggest artists in the world are earning money from your unclaimed royalties. So if you're not properly registering your songs, if you're not registered and signed up with an admin like a song trust or whoever, um, you're not if you don't collect your money. If you never collect your money, they sit there for, uh, you know, two to three years, somewhere around there. And then it's basically just gets paid out to whoever um, has the biggest market share in those societies. So basically, you should probably make sure everything is properly registered. You're properly registered with whoever you need to register with and all your music is properly registered so you can collect all of your money. All right. So the last page, once again, this is from at Mad Digital Music on Instagram uh, It's a quick recap. Six points. Number one, publishing and recording royalties are paid separately. Number two, just because your label or digital distributor are paying you master royalties does not mean you are collecting everything you're owed. Right. So, again, just because you're there with DistroKid, I know DistroKid is popping right now. The money you get from DistroKid is not the only money that you're due. All right. Number three, you must create a split sheet for every song that you write. If you collaborate or even if it's even if it's you by yourself, just to have something that's on paper that says I own 100 percent or when you register your song with these, you know, with your admin, 
that's that's it, it's gonna say 100 but obviously a lot of people collaborate most people collaborate so you need to have something in writing then everybody has to have a copy of that split sheet to make sure that everybody knows and has already agreed that this is how much everybody's due number four if you're self-published you must sign up with song trust that's an example you don't necessarily have to sign up with song trust but song trust is a great one you have to sign up to collect your mechanical royalties. Number five, your songs must be registered with your collection society for you to be paid. And number six, if you don't collect your royalties, black box royalties, all right? If you do not collect your royalties, somebody else will. So once again, I I beg you, all of you people out there that are releasing your own music and writing your own music, make sure you do your due diligence and read up on all of the different uh, companies and organizations that you should be signed up with. One thing that isn't mentioned here is a company called Sound Exchange. For any of your um, digital radio, anytime your song is played on digital radio, so you have like Pandora radio, basically any um, they call it non-interactive. So interactive is when the listener has control so they can skim. So if you're on Spotify, or Apple, a title, for instance, and you click next or you pick your artist and pick the song you want to play or the album you want to play, that's interactive. Non-interactive is when you go into like the Spotify radio, you create a radio station um, from an artist. They don't have control over what next song is played. So like Pandora, Spotify Radio, Apple Radio, um, Mixcloud is really popular in the DJ community. If your song is registered with Sound Exchange, that develops a royalty as well, and you get paid from that. So look in the Sound Exchange, look in the Song Trust, look in the every, you know, make sure you've registered as a publishing entity and as a writer. Because a lot of people think that you can only register as a writer or a lot of people think you only have to register as a writer and you're getting all your money. You're only getting half of your publishing money. So that's pretty much it. Um, it was, again, it was a conversation I had earlier sparked me wanting to just share this information with anybody that's in ears reach. This is the part of my fresh podcast. Make sure once again, you follow at part of my fresh subscribe uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere the podcasts are available. The podcast is there. You can follow me at AO Baker. That's A O B K E R. If you like pro wrestling, there's a pro wrestling podcast called the part of my fresh pro wrestling podcast. That's available on Spotify. Check that out. I'm actually recording uh, another episode with Ronnie. Um, by the time you guys listen to this, I'm recording this one that you hear right now, Tuesday night. So Wednesday night, uh, I'll be recording with Ron. And uh, yeah, it's pretty much it. It's PMF. <laughs> <laughs>